0: Welcome to the GeoMob Podcast, where we discuss geo-innovation in any and all forms, whether for fun or profit. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the GeoMob Podcast. My guest today is Sasha Clement, who is one of the co-founders of a company called Bearways. Bearways was presented at our most recent Berlin GeoMob back in June, Um, Not by Sasha, but by his co-founder, Moritz. Uh, Very interesting talk about um, the work that they're doing around navigation and um, a different approach. So I was excited to get get a member of the team here to tell us all about it. Um, Welcome to the show, Sasha. and um, Introduce yourself, please.
1: Yeah, Thank you very much. Um, I'm Sasha. I'm 44 years old, married, I have two children, I have a background in computer science, I worked a few years in machine learning research, and after that I founded my first university startup spin-off, and uh, after a few very intense startup years um, that company was finally sold to a huge automotive supplier. So after research and startup I ended up in a in a huge automotive uh, company, and I survived two years in that in that big corporate uh, to integrate uh, the startup. And after that, I finally decided that it's it's enough. I want to start something new. Um, I want to start from from scratch again. And this is when I founded Bellways um, together with my former co-founder. So we're uh, we started together once again. And my role is the role as a CTO. I'm responsible for the technical team, the roadmap, and all all the small uh, stuffs to keep a company running. While my co-founder is on the road as the as the sales guy.
0: What, what, was your previous business also geospatial? It, did it have some sort of geo aspect to it, or, or no, or more just data? No, no.
1: It uh, the company was called uh, Gestigon. It was um, about a gesture control in uh, automotive interior settings. So basically, controlling your infotainment system with swiping or pointing gestures. And uh, that company was acquired by the Valeo Group, and uh, that was a cool journey. But uh, at the end, I wanted to to do something really. Totally different. That one was a lot about image processing, and now it's about, well, geospatial data mostly.
0: Tell us what is Bearways then? What, what is the problem you guys are trying to solve?
1: Yeah, okay. So we are building a highly customizable routing service. So typically, navigation systems are all the same. You can navigate from A to B, and all of the big players give you more or less the same, same route. And um, this is perfect in most situations where you just care about the time um, you want to spend on the route. But as soon as you want to experience a bit more, as, as soon as you want to travel a nice route, um, you you lack a lot of information. You don't know about anything about the weather, or the road conditions. Um, you do not know anything if the route fits to your your vehicle so for example if you're on holidays on a greek island and uh, then you might want to travel uh, just uh, along the coast and not the main highway through the center of the island so there is no way no tool without a lot of manual effort to actually do that. Um, so uh, this is uh, about travel experiences, about making the user aware that there is something else than the main major road, but it's also about uh, safety-related topics. So um, if you're uh, driving a route and and you have uh, severe thunderstorms, sudden weather changes, this is something... That we add to um, today's navigation and, and routing services, such that you can avoid certain situations, and, and you will not be confronted with um, with situations you don't want to drive in. So, in, in total, we, we're building um, a routing service with everything around that. So, maps, turn-by-turn navigation, sort of the full uh, full stack. Uh, very much depending on the requirements of our customers. Because we see, when, when we talk to our customers today, they say, yeah, well, we're, we're sort of in a dilemma and we, we'd like to use Google Maps for everything because everyone knows how it works. Everyone's been using this for forever. So why not putting it in a car? But then, well, we, we cannot tune anything. We cannot change anything. It's just, it's just Google. So... Um, we, we have these discussions with customers where they say, well, w- what can you do on top of Google? Can you can you add something there? And often the problem is, no, it's not possible because Google is not open.
0: Well, it, in my own business, I, uh, Google is one of our competitors. Uh, obviously, we compete only with the tiny, tiny piece of Google. But one thing I always tell people is no matter how big you are as a company, you're tiny for Google. They don't care. Right. Right. So even, exactly. even if you're a major
1: car manufacturer, you're, you're a rounding error for Google. Exactly. And, and it's not just about Google, but it's also about other uh, mapping providers. So when you take TomTom Tom here, if you take companies like Mapbox, which are a bit more open than Google, even then when you file a bug report, uh, a feature request, you're lucky if you get an answer at all. And uh, it, it, typically, you will not make it to their roadmap with your feature request. And then you can just say, well, I'd like to have, but but no one will listen. And th- this is where we come into play. So we have uh, built a map stack, uh, a routing stack, where we ca- can inject additional information. So, for example, um, if you want to have weather information along the route, if you want to um Prefer certain road types, Um, if you want to drive along the coast, through the forest, through the mountains. These are parameters which you can extract from geospatial data, from um, satellite imagery, from digital terrain models, from, from all sorts of input sources. And what we build is such a flexible routing engine where we can tune basically the cost functions. How expensive is it to get from A to B um, with these parameters. So you can then say, no longer, I just want to have the fastest way, but the best way for me is along the coast. Well, 'm I'm, I'm, I'm
0: keen to dive into the technical details here I have a yeah, lot of questions, sure. but but first let's let's uh, let's briefly zoom out and look at the business itself so you mentioned the customers the, who are the customers you, you by, by customers you don't mean the end user you mean the automotive manufacturers is that
1: is that right right exactly our customers are car makers uh, motorbike manufacturers um, so basically big companies that build the vehicles and that that chip their vehicles with some sort of navigation system. And they are interested to add well in- inject their brand into the navigation system. Um, if you're a sports car manufacturer, you sell a different experience. You're not just selling a car, you're selling an experience. But if your navigation system is just the standard Google route, then that somehow doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're building off-road vehicles, you're again in a different market. If you're building a family car, well, why not provide the family round trips for the weekends as sort of your lifestyle feature that belongs to sort of the brand that that transports this information. Um, so this is um, what what typically our customers uh, request, and we we sell it as a b2b license model so um, basically when you request a route from us as our customer um, we charge you a fee and this is then bundled into bigger packages so our customers are the big um, automotive or vehicle companies when we take also motorcycles additionally into account and they um, integrate our routing service into their engines into their navigation systems
0: okay so so you i I get the concept. so you started with a blank piece of paper uh, or what what data sets are you building on? Are you building on top of open source software that's already out there? or I mean, this sounds like a colossal... of you know this is a huge project,
1: right? exactly and and you how you you say it it's the complexity is is huge. So we have to start with what is available today. That can be extended. So uh, we we are based on OpenStreetMap. Um, we use other freely available data sources for weather. Ve- for weather, for example, we use the the, the publicly available uh, data from the German Weather Service, um, and we use all sorts of other publicly available data sources to then fusion them, and. I think among complexity, one other really critical aspect is the data quality. So uh, OpenStreetMap is great, uh, that the data is available is great, but you probably also know that there are uh, some quality issues that in in different countries, the mapping communities um, act differently. And when you want to build a worldwide service on top of that data, uh, you have to do some, some real good quality assurance to make sure that it works everywhere. Sure. Sure. It's a challenge.
0: Okay, so then you you take that data. But what about the core logic, the routing logic of how to get from A to B? That's something you've built yourself in-house, or are you building on top of the available
1: libraries? We have also used um, some... I mean, routing itself, um, we use more or less a standard basic algorithm included in, in an open source framework, and then we add our plugins on top of that. So how to build such cost functions what is the best route this logic on top of that requires a lot of let's say database access but also clever combination of different data sources to make it actually work because one of the biggest issues is um, when people start working with that um, they say okay I start in a small region routing works in this small region and the data is available but whenever you start to do it worldwide uh, it's immense, huge data and a single request for a route may take forever if the data is not organized in a, in a clever way. So we spend a lot of time in thinking about which part of our tool chain is hosted in the cloud, which can be pre-processed, what can be built in a way that it can be served quickly to, to a user.
0: Yeah, so, so your service is available for the entire world or, or
1: are you focused only on certain markets or are you... Yeah, so we we always start with the basic functionality is available worldwide, so basic routing. And then uh, we talk to our customers about their target or their launch markets. So some customers favor, let's say, the U.S. for specific features. Others are based in in Europe. And um, again, others in in certain parts of, of Asia, and they all have particular problems, either that they have particular traffic issues or... Um, that they want to cover particular road types. So um, a typical thing in the US are uh, you are basically allowed to drive everywhere off-road as well, which is not uh, not allowed in Europe. All right, almost
0: well. I, I in nowhere in uh, in Moritz's talk in Berlin, he he showed us the example of. Uh, the use case in India, right, where roads are of highly variable quality, right, so some roads are excellent, exactly. but some are, are, it's a very off-road type experience, so depending on which vehicle you're in, you may or may not want to, you know, choose a different
1: a different path to take, so. And, and it also depends on where you're from, I mean uh, I'm from Germany, so we're used to very much regulated traffic, and we're used, used to perfect roads, although we always complain that the roads are, are not perfect, but when it compares to India, I've never driven in India, but I have ju- just seen videos, and I would very much doubt that I, I would survive that traffic situation, and if you then take uh, weather additionally into account and unpaved roads, then when you're not used to the situation, you are even in bigger trouble. Hmm.
0: Take us through. I mean, one thing that uh, our listeners always enjoy. Obviously, we we have a, a highly technical audience. So, can you share any kind of technical horror stories or like worst case scenarios that you that you and your team have had to had to grapple with or like?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, as I mentioned, complexity is a big issue, and getting data, even if it's more or less freely available, is difficult. So uh, we have. Uh, a few team members working on traffic information. Um, And even this this simple thing, uh, can we get traffic information for a single country? Where do we get it from? Um, In Europe, every country has its own authority for distributing or not even distributing such data. And in Germany, you have individual states that have their their own regulations and you end up with... uh, with a huge mess, uh, having to ask every single country, every single data provider to give you the data. And it ends up that they all say, well, we we stick to the standard. But when you look into the details, nobody sticks to the standard. It's just uh, some sort of trying to be compatible with that. But no one really is. So you have to put something on top of that to unify the data, to clean it up, and to discard things uh, that you're, you're, um, you're not expecting. Um, so the, the, this complexity uh, in terms of getting the data is, uh, is a huge topic for us.
0: What about, is there, is there any feedback cycle in the sense of when, a, when, a, when someone you know, does a journey, are you getting feedback on whether the the route was good or met their needs, or is it is it kind of one is it read only, or are you... Yeah, so that's
1: that's uh, one of the features that we jointly implement with our customers to have this feedback loop that they can rate a, a route that we get um, information about how often is a route shared with others. So you could also think of well, once I have driven a certain route. I might post this somewhere and others say, well, okay, that looks nice. Maybe I can take parts of the route as well. So this is a part of the, the feedback cycle to understand what is really a scenic route. So what, what are people willing to drive? Currently, it's very much data-based. And the next steps would be to include more and more user feedback also from um, from the road. Um what 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 kind of uh, data measurements do we have from the road? did people actually uh, end the trip or did they did they stop somewhere in between or did they stop using the app because it didn't work? so these are these are feedback uh, data points that uh, we actually need to integrate
0: i could I could imagine there's a challenge there right in that. Because you're not a consumer service, right, you're always dependent kind of on your customer to collect that, you know, to pass you the information to a degree. How does that play out? I mean, this is one of the big, people always say B2B is better, but B2B is better at getting, because you can have fewer, bigger customers and things. But
1: B2B to C can create a challenge at getting the feedback, right? I totally agree. I mean, uh, uh, choosing the right business model is also a bit about what fits to myself. What where, I, where do I feel better with? With what kind of customers? And also about how well can you work with your first your premium customers? When you when you start with your idea, who is the first customer, and is he willing to to Believe that you will uh, will you be the right one to l- deliver the service at the end, and we had some very good first customers that uh, that had trust in us and that are giving us good, clever, and um, um, helpful feedback, and that also share insights of their their end users with us. So I think it very much depends on also the, the unit you're talking to with uh, with an automotive company. Um, we're often starting to talk about a small proof of concept, concept projects with marketing units because they're much faster than the actual navigation system builders. Um, they say, well, we cannot integrate this into the car. This is a problem and uh, our system doesn't allow that. And marketing says, well, then let's let's build an app and, and try it out and uh, let's get started and uh, get feedback from the road. And so this is, it's challenging to get that. And its I think the, the difficult part in this is finding the right people within that company that is willing to go that way with you.
0: Did, did you consider it all, uh, launching a, a consumer service as well as a way to
1: collect data? I mean, I know there are some... Yes, 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 uh, we did. We did. And in the very beginning, when we had no customers uh, at all, um, we built a prototype and uh, that was working on the road as a navigation system and that had something we called an adventure route. So you could uh, pick the fastest route or an adventure route with level one to five. Which doesn't say what is what does adventure mean, but uh, actually it was more taking the more rural roads was than uh, adventure level five, uh, and uh, it could then simply take uh, two or three times the, the, the time uh, to reach your destination. But that was our sort of technical proof of concept, and we found that in order to bring this into a huge um, user base we would need to have a different company set up. We would need to have a different funding scheme. And so we ended up with, well, it's probably a good idea to stick to B2B and uh, let our customers do the, the finish and the marketing. And we focus on what we're the best in or what we can do best on the, on the technical back end and, and build the functions.
0: Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, how how big is your team now? I, I know Mertz uh, insisted that I mentioned that you're you're hiring and and <laughs> thinking, uh, maybe maybe you can, maybe you can talk a bit about the team, but also the, what types of roles that you're
1: looking for. Yeah, yeah, sure. I, I love I love to talk about the team because um, uh, it's we're we're uh, currently roughly twenty people, uh, more than fifteen engineers, and um, it's really a, a technically focused team um, which also loves to travel so this combination of people who love to experience or would love to use the final products um, with those who actually love also to extract all the information from the data so we have people in the team from the open street map community we have people working on maps and and uh, so this this uh, technical enthusiasm for for geospatial data is in the team and additionally what is what is pretty cool uh, that um some uh, team members uh, I work now with uh, since more than 10 years so it's uh, at, at some points uh, the people left the old company and and joined bearways just because the team spirit is so great that uh, we want to uh, we take the risk that uh something fails but we love to work jointly together
0: congrats that's 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 very cool it, it's um as someone who has done that myself as you start a company and then then you move on to something new and the people come along it's it's um on the on one hand it's a lot of fun but it's also a huge vote of confidence of course that that really makes you um Very happy when people want to keep working with you, and um, be it be it employees, be it customers, be it. um, So, what what um, what what roles are available? What what are you seeking? What gaps are there in the team, or where do you need uh, support?
1: Well, we always say that we're not looking for a specialist for a very particular field. We're looking for people who are willing to take. Different roles, um, because when when we have a new customer, we need to set up uh, a new team, and then people need to be willing to learn new topics, um, be willing to understand uh, completely different use cases, and it's really about people who are willing to work with geospatial data, with databases, with maps, uh, with complex. Um, optimization problems like you have in routing, then then they're the right people. So uh, I think uh, we're, we're always hiring for potential, so people who are willing to take this step, and not because we're looking uh, this particular Python developer that uh, has uh, this particular knowledge. So, but but more in a in a very generic sense, it's not. Sometimes we call them full stack developers. But it's it's full geospatial stack developers. They don't have to be an expert in every single topic, but they need to love what what geospatial data is about.
0: Very cool, very cool. Well, um, uh, obviously, I think Geomob is the right place to find those kinds of people. So I look forward to um, to seeing you. This we well participate at, at all at all future uh, uh, Geomob Berlin's and and or or other events. So so very nice. So. Thank you very much for the overview of Bearways. What's what's kind of next? What are what can what, what's next for Bearways? But also what's next in in routing? I mean, what, what else can we? What's what's coming? What are the amazing new features that we haven't thought of yet that you guys in the lab are working on?
1: Yeah, so what's next? So, so first of all, many things. I mean, uh, we, we have customer projects where we're consistent, consistently uh, uh, doing updates, new features, and we're in a pretty interesting growth phase. We're beyond this prototype phase where you just have a demo we now have real customers with users on the road worldwide in more than 140 countries. So we get feedback from the road where people actually use our our, our services. And and that's interesting. And it, it keeps us busy integrating n- new features and, and learn uh, what... Uh, Different users worldwide are are expecting from from a travel uh, from a travel app. But um, today we're talking a lot about routing, navigation, and maps. But these are the technical things to actually make a great travel experience work. So uh, we're, we're always uh, compared to, how do you compare yourself to Google to here? And these are mapping companies, uh, routing and navigation. But I think um, we're slowly evolving into a company where it's more about defining the the experience for a user. Like um, uh, something where you want to have the product is a great travel experience and not just a routing service or a map. Um, it's more, we are in a world where currently the everything is AI generated. And um, as a computer scientist, I, I know that um, it's more about machine learning. It's more about mathematical optimization. And I, AI is just the buzzword around all that. But basically what, what we're looking for is how can we have intelligent methods, you may call it AI, to generate Cool travel experiences for for drivers. I
0: can I can definitely relate to that. You know, I was thinking about this recently. Is that in in the the working world now? We, I mean, particularly knowledge workers, we have so many, so much more freedom. Like you know, working remotely, and uh, uh, I, I don't know. But but the flip side of that is we as uh, we, we're making way more decisions all the time, okay? And and now, you know, it used to be the model that, you know, at age, whatever, 22, you join some company, and you, you get assigned your employee number, and at age 65, you're finished. And, of course, maybe you do some interesting projects along the way or whatever, but... And now, much more... We all we have to like take much more initiative about our career. About you know, should I should I take a year off and travel? Should I you know uh, uh, should I do a sabbatical? Should I should I switch companies? Should I start my own company? All these kinds of things. Anyway, that's all. That's all great and wonderful, but it leads to massive decision fatigue. And then when it comes to my free time, I'm very often you know. Like the last thing I want to do is do a laborious holiday planning. I just want to be able to say, like, okay, you know, I want to have a nice trip to Southern France or whatever. But exactly. but yes. but but what's critical is I don't want to do the same trip that ten million other people are doing, right? Because I don't want to get there and have it be all touristy. So you need somehow we need the software that can tweak that. In a way that it is customized to my needs, without me having to laboriously tinker with every little dial and say, you know, uh, uh, I want, you know, I want this number of days at the beach or whatever. Yeah, I'm not. Sh- I think there was more and more of a market for this type of service that that moves beyond the technical pieces that you say. Of like, of course, you need to have a good routing engine, but the good routing engine is an ingredient to me having a good trip. Right, exactly. and that's what—that's yeah. the real goal—is that I want to have yeah. a good trip, and I don't have to think too
1: hard about it, and I don't want to. Um, you don't even need to understand the technical terms of that, right? Yeah, exactly. The your application needs to present you the information in a way that you understand it. I mean, people in the past have used used uh, printed printed travel guides uh, where you could choose from where you had some maps inside with uh, 10 trips. And if you could would not want to take exactly that trip, um, you couldn't choose another one. So having this personalized experience, here I'm currently and I can choose between my personal preferences what do i like today and this might also change over time so when you dri- when you're traveling alone you might want to ha- take a different route than when you're driving with your family and all this may evolve over over your lifetime and uh, so we I, I, and i believe this is this is also maybe beyond bare ways i mean this this could be a general trend that we get away from this pure technical view to a more experienced view on this type of application. Well,
0: I, I do think this is one weakness that we in the geospatial community often have, is that people get fixated on the kind of technical details and, and uh, you know, oh, now we can do this and now we can do that and, oh, look at this cool visualization. And that's all very cool, but we shouldn't lose sight of that. That's like, those are the base ingredients to create the true service, right, that the customer wants, so. All right anyway, um, Sasha, thank you very much for coming on the show um, it's, it's great to hear your story and, and congrats uh, on your business and, and great that it seems to be thriving um, I look forward to seeing you at future Geomob Berlins uh, and um, and yeah, I encourage all listeners who who found it interesting to, to give the site a look and get in touch if it's relevant for them and um, yeah, give it a try
1: thank you very much that was fun
0: Thanks for joining us today and listening to the GeoMob podcast. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. Please get in touch with us if you have any feedback or suggestions for topics we should cover. You can get the show notes over on the website, which is at thegeomob.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our monthly mailing list where we keep you informed about upcoming events. You can, of course, also follow us on Twitter where our handle is geomob. Thanks for listening and hope to see you at a GeoMob event soon.